We need small businesses. And right now, they need us. So Verizon is connecting big names in entertainment with small businesses around the country. Verizon brings you Pay It Forward Live, a weekly live stream featuring big names in entertainment to support small businesses. Tune in every Tuesday and Thursday on at Verizon's Twitter or Twitch, Yahoo, and Files Channel 501 at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific. Small businesses need us now more than ever. Hey, cool cat. <laughs> Welcome to <laughs> This Feels Terrible, The Love Show. Uh, I am your host, Erin McGathy, and this is a show about relationships and love and sex and dating, boys and girls and girls and girls and boys and boys and boys and beds and boys and berries. Uh, we've yet to have a boysenberry sexual. I'm, I'm looking for you. If you're out there, please email us at thisfeelsterrible at gmail.com. Uh, welcome. I'm so glad you're listening uh, because I'm so excited about the guest uh, I have on this week. Uh, her name is Gillian Jacobs, as you probably saw on your iTunes. She's a wonderful, hilarious actress. You know her from uh, the best show on television, Community, created by Dan Harmon. Uh, comes back in the fall. Uh, Gillian came into our, uh, our 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 pod, our talk pod, as I've just named the uh, the studio, and we had some nice. Uh, we had a great uh, we had a great talk. So I'm excited to share this with you. So please enjoy this episode of This Feels Terrible, The Love Show. I lived in New York before I lived in L.A., and I never had any of the typical real dating experiences that you see on such shows as Sex and the City or other those were, those documentaries yeah those yeah. documentaries but i didn't remember I, this one experience i uh had gone to this show um at uh saint mark's church in the east village and my friends had left and i was i'm closing my eyes because i'm remembering uh this is what i have to do to remember things um it's and, fine. i was worried that you were falling asleep right yeah <laughs> and i realized i'm like squinting one eye in addition to closing both of them it looks uh, great thanks <laughs> So I'm so beautiful. Uh, um, and uh, I, I had a brief period of smoking because I had started smoking for a movie role because I was trying to be method. And I was I was smoking a cigarette and this guy and his friend walked by and the guy asked, bummed a cigarette off of me, walked like half a block, came back and said, my friends and I are going to this bar. Do you want to come with us? And I had never done anything like that in my life. Every instinct in me was like, don't go. But then I was like, yeah, why not? It's the East Village. I could just like leave if he's weird. So we went to a, <laughs> went to a bar with him, his cousin, his cousin's girlfriend. What do these guys look like? Or what did that guy look like? It was also very atypical for me because he was like a tall, strapping, blonde, like law student at Pepperdine. Okay. Not the kind of guy I've ever dated. So like um, a real Brock. Yeah. A real Brock. <laughs> I'm just thinking of a name. Like the, the, a real Brock just... Jensen. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So Brock Jensen. So Brock by. Jensen, follow them to this bar. I actually am getting along with the cousin's girlfriend, Well, and, uh, and then we end up going to another bar where we ended up hanging out with a Swedish Supreme Court judge. I remember that. <laughs> 
Interesting. Not making. I didn't know they had government in Sweden. They have a Supreme Court as well. They just had bicycles. (laughs) They just love each other so much. They don't need government. They don't need any kind of outside regulation. Um, And then uh, realized at some point that his friend had gotten kicked out of the bar. That we hadn't realized that. So then we had to go find his friend. Mm -hmm. So then we're walking around the East Village, and I hadn't realized until this point, but my date Brock Jensen. Was incredibly drunk and was like weaving, bobbing and weaving up the sidewalk, walking up like First Avenue, trying to find his friend. Uh, Finally, he hands me his phone and says, uh, can you call him, call him and find out where he is. So I'm on the phone saying, (laughs) where are you? I turn around and go, oh, he's at blah, blah, blah. And I see that Brock is pissing on a wall openly in front of me. And then I just... Went home. So my one attempt at being kind of spontaneous and not living in fear resulted in a guy pissing on a wall in front oh, of me. So, so, you, so you're usually pretty careful. Yes, very, very anxious, very, <laughs> very risk adverse and not very spontaneous. So that was I was trying something new and it blew up in my face. Pissed oh, on a wall. Pissed on a wall. Sexy, Brockton. So do, when you when you left, like, do you, do you have any idea? Like, if he saw you leaving, were you like, I'm I'm leaving now? Like, I think I announced my departure. Right, right. He had been trying to get me to go. He was he did not live in New York, and he was trying to get me to come back to whatever apartment he was staying at. And I think he was even like, we have extra toothbrushes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like, Drunk logic. Uh, this will get her. <laughs> very, very practical. Uh, toothbrushes, which is like, which you could make a leap and be like, hmm. You, like, you, you have a kit? I know. For one night stands? I'm sure some guys do, though, right? They must like. You know, I wear contacts, so that's always forefront in my mind, too. Contact solution. Oh, So if I was a guy Gentlemen. out there, if I was a Don Juan, I would make sure to have extra contact solution and contact cases. There you go. If I was trying to lure ladies back to my apartment. Because <laughs> that's, like, a deal breaker for me. If there's no contact solution, I have to go. <laughs> uh, contact solution sales just went up uh, uh, 45%. Um, you, you said that you're normally very careful. Yeah. Are you, what does it take for you? What's your what is your process like when you're interested oh. in somebody? God, I've never thought about my process. If only a- <laughs> Close those eyes. <laughs> squint, squint. Uh, I don't know. I'm trying to think of what probably all the wrong things <laughs> lure me in. None of the- you, are you a um, are you a date person? Do you like being like if a They man tend will- to go catastrophically. I mean, which is why <laughs> why this is a good podcast for me to be on cuz I have a lot of bad date stories like my dad made me go out. Oh, you went on a date with your dad. My dad, that, yeah, yeah, he was like, "Come on. <laughs> catastrophic. Let's just go out for burgers and I mean, I want. <laughs> <laughs> oh my, how amazing would it be if, or not amazing, if you're like, yeah, I have a catastrophic date stories, or like, I my my dad molested me. It was or terrible. just like consensual incest. I fell in love with my father. <laughs> oh man, uh, this is that would ruin everything. This would that one day you're gonna get that guest. <laughs> yeah. You'd be like, I don't have a bad story. I have a wonderful story. I'm in love with my father. Yeah, and then it will yeah. be the end of the podcast uh, <laughs> or the beginning uh, of yeah. my Pulitzer. This feels wonderful. <laughs> oh my uh, no, my uh. dad made me go on a date with okay. this guy who and uh, who was like a family friend. 
And <laughs> what? Yeah. Like one of your dad's friends? No, no. Okay. Oh, <laughs> that would be horrible too. My dad's like, he's 55. Yeah, because we're just Skrennic. incest adjacent I know. at that point. 401k, <laughs> solid. Uh, no, he was he was age appropriate. It was like uh, my dad is one of 13 kids. And so uh, his he and his siblings and this family the Joneses, I'll call them. They always used to like spend summers together at this lake in ah. Wisconsin. And so my dad was like, we have to unite the Jacobs and the Joneses in marriage. And it's going to be you. And, you know, I'll call him Bob. And, um, okay. and so he was living in L.A. And um, my dad was like, you have to go out with him. And very lonely. <laughs> this is also a through line of the, probably all the stories I could tell you. Uh-huh. How old are you at this point? Uh, probably like 23, I would imagine. Okay. Um, and so he and his friends wanted to go to this bar. And it was like, you know, one of those kind of douchey Hollywood bars with a doorman, you know. Mm-hmm. And they were like wearing navy three-button brass, you know, like like they were going to uh, a yacht club or a country club, right? The, and the the, guy, the Joneses, yeah, the Joneses, okay. Joneses and friends, and like khakis. <laughs> Love that bar. Yeah, Joneses and friends were trying to get into Joneses and friends. You would have thought it would have been a shoe in <laughs> for them. It's like Joneses and friends, listen. Um, and so the, it was. I already walked in with like three guys in khakis, loafers, and navy blue blazers on a you know Saturday night to a. a Bar and then uh, I guess I wasn't paying enough attention to Bob Jones because uh-huh. towards the end of the evening uh, he said, "Can I see your phone?" And I was like, "Oh yeah, okay." Oh. Handed to him and he chucked it across the bar. What? He threw it. It hit the mirror on the other side of the bar and Whoa. slid down into the glasses. And here's where I'm a dummy because I had driven them there. So then instead of being like, "I'm leaving," I was like, "Well, now I have to drive you home. Uh, <laughs> it's time whoa. to go." Whoa. Yeah. That's crazy. I know. Bob Jones lost his fucking mind. Bob Jones threw my phone across the bar, and I still gave him a ride home. Wait, so he, he asked if he could take your phone like a, like a cartoon, like a yeah. Looney Tunes character. Can I take that? Or, yeah. Crazy. Yeah, but also so kind of unassuming. Not, and He didn't seem outwardly angry, so it wasn't like, ooh, warning signs, don't give this man your phone. He was like, can I see your phone? I was like, okay, sure. And he just in one move, chucked it across the bar. And oh my gosh. so then I was driving him and his friend, Bob Jones and company home. And um, he, how did his friends react to him doing that? We're like, oh, that's Bob. Uh, Bob. You know Bob. <laughs> Classic. We told him that move doesn't work. He, he just keeps trying it. He's waiting for he the one girl. Charming. That, yeah. He's waiting for the one girl that loves the phone, Chuck. <laughs> he's waiting for the one blind, retarded girl that he goes out of with eventually. Yeah, and so he'd said, I, I'm on, I live in Rexford. So I drove to Rexford, and I was like, okay, where do you live? And he's sitting there silently in the passenger seat. I was like, where do you live? What's your building number? Still silence. And I was like, fine, then get out. And uh, <laughs> his friends were like, no, 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 he lives at you know, 214. And then he proceeds to try and get me to drive with him to San Diego in like three hours. What? Yeah. Wait, what? It was like two in the morning. And he's like, we're going to drive to San Diego at like 5.30 in the morning, you should come with us. I was like, oh, no, I will not. And yeah. then his- I only have so many phones. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was pretty broke at this point. So it wasn't, you know, you shouldn't throw anyone's phone. 
Right. No, Probably never. shouldn't ever throw never. anyone's phone. Um, and then he, his friends get out of the car. He's still sitting in the passenger seat. And I'm like, okay, good night. And he's sitting there silently and then just out of nowhere throws his arms around me. I wish this was a... A vlog, so I could give it you guys a visual, but just kind of like awkwardly sideways throws his arms around. So Gillian me. is awkwardly throwing her arms to this. I to have the to side. hold the position for Aaron so she can continue to describe <laughs> it accurately. Uh-huh. And I was like trying to sh- like okay push his arm off and like okay good night. And he called me the next day and pretty consistently for like a year after that, and I never answered the phone or called him back. Whoa. Yeah. I don't want to alarm you. I'm pretty sure Bob Jones has killed some people. Say with confidence that his floorboards underneath, there's not space. (laughs) There are decomposing bodies. I... Of of blonde actresses (laughs) with no phones. With no phones. No one can find them. Their phones are all inside mirrors. He has a closet full of phones (laughs) and floorboards full of bodies. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Are you... you are you seeing anybody now? I am, yes. All right. Yes. Ooh, nice. Boo, boo, boo. <laughs> boo, yeah. Did that, did that happen in a, like, traditional way? Or, or I don't know what traditional means <laughs> in that sense. Or, like, did he, th- did he throw his phone into your apartment? That was my, yeah, the mating call. Um, no, it was, this is, I'd say, a much more normal relationship for me without um, any obvious signs of... Um, <laughs> mental illness or uh or or histrionics so i'm i'm happy to be in in a very uh normal relationship nice thank you yeah (laughs) thank you i'm yeah i'm proud of it just took like six years of therapy i caught (laughs) did you um it's a you're 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 very you're very beautiful Mm -hmm. oh thank you and uh, and you're an actress and you're on television. Did you feel like a noticeable like once you were on TV? Was like there a big shift in the way that men approached you, or was it the because like you 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 know obviously like your your face and your look stay the same, but like was there is there a different? Are, are men? I would assume that men would be really intimidated to hmm. approach you. I don't know. Um, I'm trying to think. I don't feel like I I don't feel like I really got approached by men before community and I don't feel like I get approached by men now. And that's not really been a thing for me. Um I'm going to say the like totally totally clichéd actress thing which everyone hates more than anything which is that boys were not into me in high school. I never really dated and I was not considered attractive at my high school. How dare you? I know. I'm sorry, Here we guys. Go. I know. Here we go down Here that road. Go. I know. So I, I mean, probably don't lead with that in my own mind or, you know, that's not, that's not how I think of, I, I don't think of myself as like an attractive uh, person. So it's not, the foot that I lead with in life. Which makes you perfect. (laughs) Now you're smart and interesting and dynamic and then also beautiful. So it all, it all works out. Thank you, Aaron. This, I feel like I've, I uh, backed you into complimenting me in this podcast (laughs) and my plan has worked out perfectly. It's my self-esteem boost for the day. But yeah, I, uh, I, 
I only dated one boy from my high school who I asked out, and on the date, he brought a friend because he did not want to be alone with me. Because <laughs> he was nervous. I guess. Or it, to my mind was like, I'm this repulsive that he didn't know how to say no, but he decided if he brought back up that somehow it would be okay. Oh, man. Well, uh, where did you guys go? We went to, we went to, um, what was that Natalie Portman movie where she was pregnant? Do you remember this movie? Oh. Did she, like, work at a Walmart or yeah, something yeah. like that? Not Home Fries. Not Home Fries. That's <laughs> Drew Barrymore. The, yeah, the Natalie Portman the Home Natalie Fries. The Natalie Portman Home Fries. We uh, went to see that. Um, and I think I had to basically shame him into kissing me at the yeah. end of the day. <laughs> Were you calling him? Were you dare? Were you calling him gay? What were you no, doing? He was like, we somehow shame him into yes. <laughs> I do like ditch the friend somehow, and um, he like we were sitting in the car. Oh God, I don't know. So much humiliation is coming back to me as I'm telling you this story. Yoda eyes or anything. Oh God, oh God. Uh, so he was like imperceptibly leaning towards me. I thought this is like a kiss that may come, but it may also take an hour for him to work up the nerve. And uh, my mother was very overprotective of me. So we were parked in front of my house. So I knew time was of the essence because she was going right. to get antsy. And so I just said, are you going to kiss me or what? <laughs> uh, not a really great move. Don't recommend that move to girls. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> kind of castrating on my part, but... No, men love being bullied yeah, into I know. Um, and then my mom did start vigorously flashing the porch lights on and off. Really? Yes. <laughs> and I was so embarrassed, and I was like, he'll never ask me out ever again. And I got in, and I was like, Mom, how could you do that to me? It was so embarrassing. He's never going to ask me out ever again. She was like, my mom's... She didn't want to come out and say, like, I thought you were making out in the car. She was like, he was parked in the wrong direction, and I thought he would get a ticket. And it meant, like... <laughs> I grew up in a suburb Amazing. of Pittsburgh where maybe a cop car drove down my street once my entire childhood. Yeah, like yeah. There was no parking authority like in New York or L.A. It was like where she had to, like the amount of reaching she had to do to come up with that excuse was pretty, pretty impressive. Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, and like pretty, pretty sweet that she like didn't want to embarrass you and she. <laughs> uh, he was parked in the wrong direction. <laughs> oh my goodness. Does your mom still like ask a lot of questions about your boyfriends? Yeah, she does. She totally does. But I she like also well, if she likes someone, she'll she'll ask way too many things of them. Like that boy in high school, she made him paint <laughs> paint our living room <laughs> and um whoa i know my like oh my god like um fi like uh i'm gonna i'm gonna die like my so-called life did you watch my so-called life yeah i don't remember this episode much to my chagrin but i loved my so-called life yeah did they and who paint angela angela's angela's friend oh god uh krakow yeah brian krakow <laughs> brian krakow he he uh he vol he like helps uh angela's dad put put wallpaper up um but like he he shows kind of an, because he's in love with Angela yeah but then like Angela comes home and he's like what, she's, what are you doing here and he's like I'm just helping your dad put up a wallpaper a little different uh, no the dad what? doesn't make him do it but the dad likes that he's getting yeah so anyway so your mom makes no my well we had actually even broken up at this point and I don't think I told my mom and oh, he was no. such a nice guy that yeah. he still painted my living room for my mother Oh my goodness. I know. Who broke up with whom? I broke up with him. Oh no! 
Yes. I know. Pain in your liver. Did you did you walk did you walk by him as he was doing that? No, I was at college. I don't know. Oh. I can't this timing is very strange to me. I'm trying to remember because this none of this makes sense, right? How this happened. But somehow I wasn't even in Pittsburgh and my mom had his number. I don't remember how any of this went down, but somehow my mom got him to paint our living room. And then I was like, Mom, we were, we're not even dating anymore. And she's like, well, well I just, he did I a very good job. He did a very good job. I'm sure, I'm sure she like also demanded that he do like a very meticulous job as well. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like tape it off around the windows. And like she did not want it to be sloppy. She wanted it to be a perfect. Oh, man. What do you think his inner monologue was as he was I am a, a schmuck. T- I'll never be nice to another girl <laughs> ever again. Like I'm going to just be mean from now on. Oh my god. This is my rosebud. This, this will be why This will be why I'm an asshole to women. <laughs> That's how I think of it. Like I I crushed whatever niceness was in the sky. Oh god. And now he's an asshole. <laughs> I'm sure he's not. I'm sure he's still very nice. Well, I don't know. <laughs> I know, I could have done it. I could have done it. Do you have you um do you do you feel like you've uh you, you've uh, you've broken some hearts. You've crushed some souls. I think Have I've you crushed created some, souls. some misogynists. <laughs> <laughs> it's the real mark of a feminist that you've actually inadvertently created some misogynists. <laughs> um, I, yeah, I've, I've crushed. I think I've crushed some crushed some hearts probably in my day. But I've also oh, I've gotten my heart mauled. So I guess the score is even. Yeah. I wish the people listening to this could see how much I am blushing <laughs> throughout this entire podcast. <laughs> yes. I, yeah, sure. I, you know. When was the first time you got your, your heart mauled? Oh, every unrequited crush that I had in high school. That was a lot of just like heart mauling. Yeah. Um, what was the theme with those with those guys? Oh, God. Um, they didn't like me. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, I, I had a crush on this boy who was in like my acting class on Saturday and uh, we were in some plays together and I remember oh. we ended up being in this play together and um, I thought he was kind of like um, edgy. He had like a like um, I remember he really liked the uh, Dookie, the Green Day album Dookie, which yeah. I was like, oh, that's a bad word. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, and uh, he. He's a real rebel. Oh, yeah. He had like that total 90s, like skater, like long, like mm-hmm. hair. Like a, a bowl? Yeah, like a long bowl cut, you know? Yeah, oh, I know. Like the greasy, yeah. like around. Yeah. You remember Why that? Why was that a thing? Why was I'm that? trying to remember who was famous that had that haircut. Kurt that Cobain? Made, was it? It was like a modified Cobain. Yeah. Um, And he, so we were in this play together, and one day he came, um, not at half hour, he was a little late for the call at the theater, which I was, of course, early every day, <laughs> and... um. He had like soot everywhere, and he had gone Whoa. like <laughs> all over his face. Yeah, huh. and he had gone like Lysoling, where he would like spray a can of Lysol and like set it on fire. Oh, no. yeah, is this a Pittsburgh thing? I guess Lysoling. Uh, yeah, I know. And so he had like somehow that produced soot on his face. <laughs> I don't know. Do you just come in and say, like, "Oh, sorry, I'm late." Oh, oh so, uh, Lysoling. A lot of Lysoling <laughs> today. Put this can on the counter. <laughs> like, let's uh, let's do this, Othello. 
<laughs> he was a real rebel that was also in a Shakespeare play at the age of 13. So, I mean, like, no matter how bad he thought, we were in As You Like It, you know? Uh, so I was like, oh, man, I almost said As You Like It. Yeah. I would have been a genius. And yes. Genius. It would have just been really Very cool. Very fellow. No, no, no. We were, like, anonymous pages who had, like, a song in... What? In, yeah, <laughs> the pages in As You Like It have a song, probably cut from most productions, but uh, not the one we were in. We had a whole little song that we sang. Um, so he was real edgy. He went uh, Lysol. Yeah, and then... Dirty. And One day he um, he came to the theater and he wasn't feeling well. He was feeling nauseous. And I, to soothe his stomach ache, gave him orange juice. <laughs> I thought I was being like a real, you know, like Florence Nightingale. Yeah, like yeah. I was going to tend to him and then probably he would fall More in like love with More like Florence Nightingale. <laughs> Huh? <laughs> the worst. Oh, oh my gosh. Well, thank you. Thank you. Um, yeah. So, and then I remember the adults in the play going like, "Why are you giving him orange juice? That's yeah. only going to make his stomach ache worse." And you're just like, "I like orange juice. Yeah. Everyone likes orange juice. It's Your in the like it's too. in the vending machine at the theater. Right, right, Must right. be appropriate for a stomach ache." Um, oh, so man. that never worked out. <laughs> we did. I remember. Oh well, I also had really big glasses, and I was convinced. That once I got contacts, then all boys would suddenly like me. That that was going to, you know, like in the movies. How yeah, yeah, that, yeah. That worked. Didn't. You had to take off your ponytail. Oh, yeah. Take off your glasses. Take off the glasses. Get rid of the sweater sets Prom queen. that my mom was making me wear. <laughs> sweaters. Yeah, my mom made me wear sweater sets, too. Really? Yeah. You're the only other one I've ever met. Really? Yes. Yeah, was it? No one else was wearing sweater sets. And my mom would give me these, like, matching, like, the, the, like, like a navy blue, like, up to my neck. Yes. And then a sweater, like... Yes. Oh, wow. Erin, hmm. I had like six of them yeah. in different shades, and my mom made me wear them. Yeah, the worst. Yes. Yeah. I know. I looked like I was in like the junior league <laughs> in high school. Yeah, my, I always say with my mom, like I, like, I look so old. Everyone's telling me I look so old. And she's like, you look classy. <laughs> you look like a lady. I'm sure that's what my mom would only let me buy clothes that she liked. So she basically yeah. dressed me like her. Yeah. So I was like a very unfashionable, you know, 50 or something year old woman in high school. Um, (laughs) Really, I was really going to knock them over at, you know, at school on Monday with my like mustard yellow sweater set (laughs) and my khakis. So that was really, that's when the boys were really going to discover me. But she looks smart. (laughs) She looks like she hosts Mahjong. (laughs) And if that wasn't enough, my incessant NPR references. We're really just gonna, like <laughs> make them fall for me head over heels. That Were you was really into NPR. So I still am. I'm oh, like, me too. Oh yeah, yeah. man, yeah. But I didn't know enough to not talk about it in high school. <laughs> like, or I valued the teachers thinking I was smart more than the boys liking me. So I didn't shut up about it, and that did not win me any friends. Uh, I learned I was the only person running home to catch the end of Fresh Air every day <laughs> after school. I couldn't really talk about. That. That with you know her riveting Matt Damon oh interview. Gosh. The two hundred nerds just came <laughs> listening to this podcast. <laughs> oh man, yeah. So I I got rid of the glasses at the end of my freshman year of high school, and I really thought that was gonna 
knock him over and it didn't. But the boy from As You Like It, the boy I gave the orange juice to, he did actually, we did go on one date in high school and he insulted me the entire time. Oh, man. And had like, we, my mom and I had gone to an outlet mall and she had like let me buy some clothes that I thought were kind of cute and so I was going to wear them on our date and he immediately like made fun of everything that I was wearing, which is my brand new like Gap outlet outfit and so then I was very (laughs) upset and then we went to a restaurant he couldn't he couldn't find the restaurant we got there it was closed we finally ended up having to go somewhere else and then I I wasn't really familiar with the part of town we were in and so then we when we left I somehow my mom's voice kicked in my head like he's taking me somewhere to rape me and I was like what direction are you driving in this is the way home (laughs) he's like I'm taking you home what are you talking I was like oh never mind but like I I got like oh very like accus- clearly <laughs> the way to salvage a taking date is to like uh, imply that they're taking you somewhere to rape, rape you. you. Oh my god! Oh, the worst. Oh, Amazing. so terrible. So humiliating. It's funny how like when you're young, like it's it's this impulse to. Remember, I had the, the similar impulse to like insult. Pe- like people when they liked me or if I was on a date like that was that was the right thing to do or maybe it's just like nerves like I'm not I'm not sure why yeah we why we do that I don't know maybe I thought I was like Catherine Hepburn or something and like I was like, <laughs> I don't know Howard take me up in your airplane yeah, well, yeah. hold on where, where are you taking this plane Howard are you, are you take me to somewhere to rape me how, how do you I love golf <laughs> exactly like that. yeah that's that's what I was trying to channel and it wasn't working when you went to when you went to school, like was there a moment when you're like, oh, I got, I have some like, uh, definitely. I thought more boys were interested in me at Juilliard, but Juilliard's so strange because it was actually smaller than my high school, and um, the acting department was tiny. There were 15 people in my class, and so there were like under 100 actors in all four years, and so it was. Not like when, you know, I th- my conception of college, which is where you go to a frat party and there's like hundreds of people and you like, you know, you make Brock out. Brock Jensen's there. You Brock Jensen's there. The he throws your phone. You make out and you never see him ever again or maybe across the quad. It was like you were going to see everybody the next day and for the yeah. next four years. And you're going to do a scene from. Uh, uh, Man in the Goober. Mm, oh, what, uh, I couldn't talk. Man in the Goober. Mm, Man in the Goober. <laughs> it's, a, it's a really. Uh, it's a it's really, really sp- obscure Ibsen. Uh, Man in the Goober. <laughs> it's, a- it's about syphilis. Like all Ibsen plays. <laughs> Uh, Man in the Moon Marigolds, but it came out Man right. in the Goober. <laughs> um, yeah, so Juilliard was weird. I remember this this one kid who um, was a trumpet player. Um, see, once again, I was still very scared. He asked me out on a date. We went to dinner. It turned out that his grandparents owned an apartment in Manhattan and he took me back to this apartment which I was horrified by that he'd taken me to an empty apartment and I remember trying to rape sit, alarm rape everyone's just trying to rape me all the time um, I'm just gonna use that sound bite <laughs> like at the beginning of the podcast like <laughs> Julian Jacob says everybody's just always trying to rape me all the time <laughs> Uh, so I remember sitting as far away from him as possible on the couch and um, just just disgusted by the fact that he would dare take me to an empty apartment. And what did he think was going to happen? <laughs> and um, and then I remember 
I was like, I don't want a boyfriend. I just, you know, I just want to see, I just want to go on dates. And he was like, yeah, me too. And then I remember. I just want to go on dates. Yeah. And then he was like, so like, he <laughs> called me and was like, I just want to see you. I mean, like, I went out with this girl and this girl and this girl and this girl and this girl. But what it made me realize is that I just wanted to be with you. And I was like, uh. I was like, I want to cook you a meal. I want to make you food. And now I feel so bad looking back because this guy, like, obviously called his mom, asked her how to make a pasta dish, spent all day making it. And then, like, probably, like, an hour before I was supposed to go over, I was like, I have too much school work to do. I can't come. And so then... Um, I've memorized my lines for yeah, I got Man a, and a Goober. Man and a Goober. It's a really challenging play. I got to do my, my backstory, my character work on Man... I'm playing the Goober. It's a really important role. <laughs> and I, our I'm, dorm... I'm playing the Goober. I'm playing the Goober. <laughs> the man, so Man and a Goober is about syphilis, but, like, the Goober is actually, like, this woman. I think she lives in a neighborhood, and, like, she's 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 slept with, like, all the young men, and everyone's like, if you want to lose your virginity, you got to go to the Goober. Go to the Goober. Go to the Goober, but she has syphilis. <laughs> so it's a, it's a metaphor for uh, for for people feeling like they have to experience certain things. Anyway. It's profound, Aaron. I don't need to say it. We all it's an know important we're familiar work. with it. Everybody, that's why it's performed so often. I mean, it's amazing so- that you got to play the goober. I know, it's an honor. Role. I beat out so many people to play the goober. <laughs> uh, and then I, uh, so I, at, my, at the dorm at Juilliard, you had to, like, swipe someone in. You couldn't, you know, high security, New York yeah, City. Yeah, yeah. Rapists all around. Everybody's trying to rape me. Uh, <laughs> they had to protect me, Uh-oh. you know, from all those rapists. And uh, so, <laughs> so that's all to say that I there was a knock on my door. I opened it, and it was him. He had somehow gotten into the dorm. He didn't even live in the dorm. Had somehow Whoa. gotten himself into the dorm and had a Tupperware container full of the pasta dish that he had made Aww. me. And I took that opportunity to break up with him. Did you take the pasta? He made me take the pasta. And then I remember him saying... I was like, you know, I just, I, I'm sorry. I, I don't want to see you anymore. And he goes, well, then what have I been working out for? Whoa. <laughs> Very indignant that he'd been, like, working out a lot. And uh, what was it all for? <laughs> hey, man, guess what? Women kill themselves for you. <laughs> so, uh, congrats. Yeah. You, you, you done it. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, he was very upset that he'd been working out. Oh God, it was all going to go to waste. And he, I remember he was wearing a tight ribbed uh, turtleneck sweater. Oh man, to better show off. You remember those? Yeah. The oh, Joy I just thought Joy of, Lawrence sweaters. I just thought of another really bad date I went on that involved a ribbed just turtleneck. <laughs> we should just categorize these dates by clothing. Uh, so uh, you want to hear this yeah, one? Yeah, please. Okay, so I worked on this movie in Boston. Once again, loneliness recurring as a theme for for this episode of the podcast. <laughs> and um, and there was uh, so I would go back and forth to Boston, and they uh, Teamster would pick us up from the hotel and drive us to the sets. And uh, I was talking about how. Uh, I had no one to hang out with. I had all this petty cash <laughs> and like one to explore Boston. And so the teamster was like, I'll take you out. And he was like, um, 
a very muscly, uh, sort of maybe involved in organized crime man right. who had a fencing were you, company. Were you worried about rape in this instance? Or? That'll, yes. Okay, yes. sorry. <laughs> but still, like, the override button kicked in, and I was like, go out on a date with him. <laughs> and um, so he picked me up. Uh, Vin picks you up. Yeah, Vin picked me up, gelled hair. Super tight, ribbed turtleneck. Should have already known. Not going to work for me. Um, go to an Italian restaurant owned by his cousin. We walk in. The whole restaurant, Vin! Everyone knows him. We never receive a bill. He just hands the waiter a wad of cash at the end, um, regaling me with stories about his various cousins in prison and about the story he told me about one time he, he threw a desktop computer out of a second-story window. His own desktop computer. Uh, yeah. what, what, what was the headline of that story? I got so I'm, mad I'm at out of control. <laughs> or damn technology. Yeah. I got so mad at that computer. I just threw it out the window. Oh, man. And then uh, and I may do the same to you. Yeah. Don't make me angry. <laughs> <laughs> Don't freeze. <laughs> and so then uh, he he drove me back to the hotel. Another classic move of mine when I get nervous at the end of a date that's not going well is to just like take off really quickly so he dropped me off at the hotel and I went okay thanks goodbye and like ran out of the car and sprinted into the hotel um and so you know didn't really see that much of him for the rest of the shoot and then maybe in the last week of the shoot uh one of the hairdressers was complaining oh there are no cute movies there are no uh there are, there's no cute guys on this movie except for Vin and he's married so whoa <laughs> whoa yeah so, <laughs> oh, brother. Oh, oh, too, too bad. <laughs> Thank God I didn't like him, right? Because that would have. Dating married men was really what I needed to be doing at that point, so. <laughs> oh, gosh. Did you see him again after that? Only, you know, in passing. He probably was like, I don't want to pick that girl up from the hotel anymore, so I didn't really see him too much after that. That's a, yeah. that's a shame. I know. It's so funny because I think because no, I didn't have a lot of experience dating when I was uh, in junior high or high school. I had very, like, sort of black and white ideas about how it would go down. And then becoming an adult for me was just realizing how messy life is. Yeah. And, and just... You know, creating messes myself, being an in, inadvertent part of other people's messes, and just, I mean, I find that I am still shocked at behavior, which I guess I should not be shocked at anymore, but I'm constantly surprised at, at people's naughtiness. <laughs> There's a lot of bad behavior in this world, and I'm, I'm usually very shocked by it, but then I feel like oh, that's nice. such a school marm for being surprised by things. But I want to do, I want to see you in the sweater set and the glass, <sighs> like as an adult. I want to I hang out with you and also wear a sweater set and just like... Let's do it. I don't even know if you can, do they still sell sweater sets? I haven't really seen too many sweater Maybe sets. Maybe like... Um, uh, and uh, Taylor and Taylor of New yeah. yeah and Taylor Loft maybe we could get some yeah Talb- do you think Talb- Talbots Chicos Chicos oh, yeah my mom just got a gift certificate to Chicos recently <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's a classic mall store I really remember 
They had those like weird mannequins, right? Do you remember the Chico's yeah, mannequins? Yeah, yeah, yes, yes. No faces. Yeah, the, the melted, <laughs> melted faces. As an experiment, I'm sure your your management would never let you do this, but it would be amazing if like if you were going to some event and <laughs> wore like a Talbot's uh, sweater set and just and no pants. <laughs> Tights? Could I wear like tights, beige yeah. tights on the yeah, bottom beige, and a sweater? Beige, yeah, but beige tights with like the control, you know, like the control, the control top. top. Yeah, control top beige tights. So like the little shorts are kind of showing, and just like a sweater set. I am so glad that Sarah Jessica Parker liberated us from having to wear tights because I still have such a strong childhood, junior high, high school memory of having to wear tights. Did your mom make you wear tights? Yeah, my I, I was a I was a pr- uh, pretty extreme tomboy. So my mom like. She would she would constantly show me how to put them on. Yeah. So I remember like sitting in her room and she'd be like, "This is how you do it." You like because my mom was very ladylike. Uh huh. Um, but I, yeah, I I didn't. Um, my mom died when I was in high school, and I I was such a tomboy up until her death, and then she died, and then I just like wear dresses all the time. This is a bad example of how I normally dress, but tights. Uh, <laughs> Sorry about your mom's. Passing. Oh, that's okay. <laughs> it's like it's come up on every. Uh, it's come up on every podcast. I guess I'm not okay with it. So thank you. For saying or you're sorry. okay enough about it to talk about it. I mean, okay. so uh, so you're talking about like your um your your blueprint for like how romance should go. Like, yeah. was there was there any like early movie or like any anything that you were like, this is what. I'm probably the, also the reason that I engaged in a lot of uh, trying to engage in a lot of banter with people was that like I was obsessed with movies like Much Ado About Nothing with Emma Thompson and Kenneth Branagh. Yeah. So I probably thought that I was like Beatrice and the guy would be like Benedict and we would have a really witty you know, battle yeah. of the wits. Yeah. Nobody else really wanted to engage in that. Uh. Oh, yeah. I was, yeah, I was pretty, pretty obsessed with that, with that romance. Yeah. Yeah. I felt that way too, because that's, that's like, it's such a, such an accessible thing as a kid, because it's so easy to like, you have all these boys that you just like punch in the arm all the time and, and then they fall in love. Yeah. They realize they're in love. I know. And they're both really smart. Yeah. (laughs) And I think that's like also a big conflict when you're, Younger is feeling like, should I pretend like I'm dumber than I am? Like I see all the girls around me doing Mm -hmm. because which you shouldn't, which you shouldn't, you shouldn't. But I just you know I remember having this girl that I remember we did like a class project together in junior high, and I was like, oh, she's gonna be my new friend, and she was smart and she was really pretty, and then she just started acting really stupid and got really popular and always had boyfriends, you know, and. I just refused to do that and but I saw I saw girls doing it and in the short term I guess getting what they wanted which was a boyfriend you know but I always felt like very indignant about that and I guess as I've gotten older I've found more people not just guys who I mean that's you know I'd say I've I don't know that I've ever dated anybody that wanted me to just be stupider than I am maybe but um, in high school, that felt like a real thing. Like guys didn't want to date smart girls. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. That's a that's a thing. In, like every aspect of high school, I think. Like the, no one, uh, 
being different is everyone wants to destroy it because when you're a kid you're like trying to learn how to be so like in any like in a class when the like when you have the top grade it's like all right man like what what are you you, you working hard yeah yeah, trying (laughs) loser (laughs) <laughs> yeah, hitting the books. Huh? Yeah. What do you marry a book? What do you marry a book? What do you marry a book? The most cutting retort. <laughs> what are you, hey kid, why don't you marry what do you a book? Marry a book. Well, I remember I was my friends in high school were all the really smart girls, and I was kind of the dumb one of that group. And I remember <laughs> that I actually did better on the SATs than my friend who was like number two in our class, and um, I think she was really angry mm. that I did better on the SATs because I was supposed to be like the dumb one in the yeah. group. Yeah, Amila Chen. Amila Chen. <laughs> That's an actual girl that I w- that went to high school. Amelia Chen. I, I was just thinking of like what that girl yeah. playing the game of naming. Everyone oh yeah, I like it. I, I like that one. Amelia Chen did not want me to do better than her on the SATs. But I mean, so we kind of like formed a little subgroup of the nerdy girls. But even they were doing better at getting boyfriends than I was. Yeah, yeah. I still, even within that group, was like the most hopeless when it came to that. Uh, hey, hey you. Uh, thank you for uh, getting this far in the podcast. Uh, this is a commercial break. Um, this podcast is part of the Feral Audio Collective, uh, which uh, they're awesome and there are a ton of other great podcasts on the same collective. So uh, check those out, please. Uh, I listen to a lot of podcasts. I love podcasts uh, like I hope you do. Um, I know that in every podcast, everyone uh, is asking for donations or, or different different things. Uh, so that that can get a little that can all pile up. Um, I totally I totally get it. Uh, as an incentive, because we also have to ask for donations uh, to keep this going. If you are able to donate fifty dollars or more, I will send you a personalized gift in the mail. So if you go to feralaudio.com and you go to this feels terrible and donate fifty dollars and leave your address, you will have a, a nice little surprise in your in your mailbox, uh, and it will be it will be cool. Let's get back to Gillian Jacobs. Oh man, I, I I feel like I've had a very similar high school experience. Yeah, I was friends with all the uh, all the nerdy girls, but they all had boyfriends. Yeah, they all had boyfriends, and I was just uh, I was just impossible, uh, really awkward and weird. Speaking of uh, high yeah. school and yeah. junior high, uh, when I was in uh, when I was in middle school, I had a uh, I had a an online diary. Mm-hmm. What I call my diary. I told you about it before the show. I'm just going to pretend like this is the first time we'd ever discussed it. Yeah, I know. It. I just felt weird about <laughs> okay. it. I just felt like a lie. I, mean, I just <laughs> talked to you about it. There can't um, be any lies in this podcast. We, I no signed lies. a contract beforehand, and I'm sorry that I was trying to pretend like you hadn't discussed it's this. quite all right. Yet. It's quite all right. So I, I recently, like, as I told you before... <laughs> So no one's going to be like, I hope they're telling the truth about yeah. the timing of when she Wait, explained this. Wait, this wasn't spontaneous? Um, click. <laughs> click. They hang click. up the podcast phone. Because <laughs> um, they listen to it on that, like, you know, rotary phone attachment you can get for your yeah, iPhone. Yeah, 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 yeah. You stick a penny in it. Yeah. <laughs> 
quick. No, wait. Speaking of the rotary attachment, I was uh, I was driving over here from Los Feliz, and I I drove by this guy that was like like the cool. I don't know. He had like a F- Fleet Foxes tattoo mm-hmm. on his face or whatever. <laughs> but he had a <laughs> the iPhone out with like the rotary attachment. Yeah. And, but he was outside, and he was cl- clearly having like a really like heated, angry conversation on that on on that handset thing that looks like an actual phone. And I was like, you look hilarious. Yeah. You can't have an angry conversation on that. No. You talk about what restaurant you're going to uh, not eat in later. <laughs> uh, you, you don't you don't break up with your wife on that uh, on that phone attachment. Uh, so anyway. Oh, really? Moving right along. I like we mutually decided on this awkward voice. Go into the website. Uh, so I, uh, a month or so ago, I was like, I wonder if this website's still up. And I wonder if I could still find my diary. I couldn't find my diary. But uh, what, I, what I found are all these, there are still kids that are, that are posting uh, diary entries on this website called My Diary. Yeah, and I haven't read any of them. And I'm going to hand you my. I'm going to hi- hand you my iPhone. You can see the entry. I'll just read some of these entry titles for these different uh, for these different diaries. And these this these are their entry titles, not the name of the diaries, which are uh, equally entertaining. But uh-huh. here are the entry titles: uh, Weakness, oh. Today's Drama. Just kill me. Oh, God. <laughs> New beginnings. Helpful. This is interesting. Day two, buy food for the homeless. All right. All, <laughs> all right, right. Fine. Altruism. Got it. Yeah. What I forgot. What I forgot. God. Dear diary. All right. You know. Classic. Fine. My mistake. Just saying. Just one. <laughs> I'm not going to check out that one. Just saying. Uh, it was going to be, I like bubblegum. Yeah. Just saying. It's probably something extremely dramatic. Uh, my fucked up life. And if you dot, dot, dot. Oh. And then nothing interesting. My She's date with Roy. claiming nothing interesting? Yeah, it says nothing interesting. Uh, okay. My date with Roy for Jeff. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. But I, um, here, I'll hand this to okay. you. I would, uh, I would love if you we could do a reading. Oh, yeah. go. Let's go with weakness. Weakness. All right. Wow. This looks like a poem. Ooh, perfect. I'm weak, and I'm sick of it. It's true. I can't deny it. Trying so hard every day to be the one I should be. Facing me, my own enemy in every way. But till now, victory seems so far away. I'm weak, but I ain't no quitter. I'll keep an eye. I'll be my own sitter. I know that sooner or later, I will figure out the why, the what, and the how to. Whatever I have to do, I will do. See, my weakness has a secret. It has a name. It has a home. It's perfect. It has me, my time, my attention. It has arms holding me with affection. (laughs) It has purpose for me. So obvious. But to get me there, so mysterious. I won't let it. I refuse to become a slave to a thing that it 
supposed to obey me? I'll get there. I know I will, even though it's the hardest battle I ever have to fight. I will fight. <laughs> My heart will break free and will get back his lost sight. Oh. I've been great. to the New Yorican. <laughs> I know it's the up. most important line of that is I'll be my own sitter. <laughs> Self policing is important. Yeah, the, uh, everything's gonna be okay. Teenagers. Yep. Uh, also, poems don't always have to rhyme. Correct. You don't have to rhyme quitter with sitter if it doesn't make sense. I, I endorse that advice. I'm Unle- with you. <laughs> Unless it's a nine year old and he's like, I'll be my own sitter. Come on, mom. Then it's like uh, then it's like a Shel Silverstein poem. Yeah. That oh god, I love Shel Silverstein so much when I was little. I'll do. I little. wrote a very dramatic poem in like fourth grade that got me laughed at publicly. Oh yeah, what was? It? I did this program called like the Young Writers Institute uh, this summer in the summer. I think for two years, maybe more. And which is uh, just for the coolest kid in, kids in your school. It's right? Just for the super well-adjusted people with too many friends. <laughs> <laughs> just like guys, not enough hours in the day for all these playdates. <laughs> Got to go to the Young Writers feel, Institute. Do you feel like you? fit in too much <laughs> come to the Young Writers Institute uh, so we would uh, do different writing exercises and we would go to the, the museum and look at paintings and then write poems based on paintings and I saw this piece that was like a man and a woman and he was playing guitar and I decided that it, it was a story about a man who had just proposed to his girlfriend and she was like floating on air so excited about this engagement. And I was in like fourth grade. And so I wrote a poem about love and engagement and all these things. Aww. And we would Cute. do we would do readings where kids from each age group, because this was from like first grade through high school, kids from around the city. And I got up and read my poem about love and I was publicly laughed at. Like the audience burst into laughter. Uh, well, and they're adults in the audience, too. Yeah, they, I think well, they took the, most, the best thing I, they had ever seen in their life. It was like a tiny fourth grader who wrote a poem about love. Is and, that little girl in the tree? Yeah. From that commercial? What commercial is that? Though? Oh, <laughs> watch out for my roots. <laughs> I love that commercial so much. So I don't cute. know if it really has anything to do with community, but like somehow it feels like... It does in some unconscious way, right? Well, and that girl uh, looks very much like you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I wish I, I she, wish she's I had a the great dryness little actress. Of, I know. I wish I had her dry delivery style. I mean, she really knows how to undersell something, and I'm such a ham. So, oh, thank you for saying that. I, I mean, thank come you on. for saying I, that. I, I know who I am. <laughs> uh, so I, I'll, I'll, I'll read one Please. of these, one of these babies. Feel free to. What's a meal? Okay, this may be depressing, but I'm going to read What's a Meal. Just me and the boss today went to lunch across the street. He asked for the bill. I said, I took care of it. He replied, that's not right. When we finished, he asked for some change so that he could leave the tip. I said, I took care of it. He shook his head and said, that's too much. If I could do more, I would. If I can do them in silence, I will. I could never repay him for what he gave me. What? Sometimes I have to fight for it. 
Whoa! What? <laughs> I don't know. It turned uh, turned fascinating towards the end. Wow! And also, like the, the that their... should star like Michael Fassbender as the boss. Yeah. What is happening there? I can never repay him. God, what did he do for her? I don't know. Um, I mean, maybe. I mean, he could have uh, given her his job, or not his job, her job. A promotion, maybe. A promotion. That's not right. Intr- what's not right? I don't know. It's, it just says that's. He said that's not right. Yeah, that's not right that you pay. Paying. Yeah. Okay. I get yeah. That. But it sounds. I want to say it sounds romantic. Like she has. Yeah. Yeah. Like something. Like he gave her something. As in, like he gave her um, a love baby. A love baby. <laughs> That's what I call hugs. <laughs> he gave her several love babies. Um, uh, I, uh, why don't we, uh, would you read uh, Just Kill Me? Oh, yeah. Oh, gosh. Okay, okay. Well, this 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 looks like it's sad, but if okay. it's sad, I'd like to, that's, that's, that's okay, because I think it's constructive to talk about this, because I... Sadness is a part of life. Yeah. And as inappropriate as this podcast is, I know that there are teenage girls who are who are listening to this, uh, and I, I want you to know that everything's going to be okay. True. Here's Just Kill Me. Just Kill Me. Gillian Jacobs. I don't think I can do this anymore. I just want to write down everything in my head. I just need to put it somewhere. I'm sick of staying silent, even though there's no one I can really talk to. Anyway... I'm not good enough. I never will be. Mm. I'm tired. I tried, but I'm done. Not thin enough. Not clever enough. Can't stop crying. No one cares. I don't blame them. Can't even write a poem out of it. Want to cut deep, but I can't. Doctors. I want to kill myself. I want my head to be silent. Hang myself. But what with? Overdose. Painful. Jumping. Where from? Building. Train. Tell someone I can't sleep. I want it to be permanently. It's not going to get better. My emotions may go up and down, but I'm always going to feel like this somehow. I'm so selfish. How can I do this to them? They will forget eventually. Everyone will just kill me. I tried to help you, give you a shoulder shoulder to lean on, hoping you would do the same, but you don't see it or help. You just ignore it as if I don't matter, even when I'm in the fucking process of killing myself fuck you society is shit i'm a fat shit don't even deserve to live starve because i deserve it you want to see me get me to make the effort and then say no fuck you i need to let go completely i physically can't do this anymore oh goodness that was so sad that is very sad like i it's 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 um, it's it's almost more sad because so like ninety percent of teenagers feel like that at some yeah. point and adults. I know. Yeah, I think that I knew a lot of. Ugh, I had so many friends in high school. I think that felt exactly that same way. And then I guess the thing that it feels like high school is just gonna. I don't, we don't even know what age this person is, but let's assume they're in high school. It just feels like it's gonna go on forever. Yeah, and whatever. Yeah bad situation you're in you're stuck in forever but it's not true and it's like you know it was the people that loomed so large in your life in high school you know if you if you move away you don't even ever have to see them ever again no and you won't think about them anymore they're not important anymore and whatever they thought of you and you know 
God. But I mean, therapy. Let's let's turn this into a PSA <laughs> for therapy because therapy has been very helpful to me in my life. And finding people that you can talk to that are professionals is really important. That yeah. are qualified to deal with that because a lot of times, you know, all you have is your friends in high school, and they're not really qualified to help you with really serious problems. So please find someone that's qualified that you know that can give you good solid advice and it it will get better yeah well and a million people feel that way and i i it's you're you're winning already because you are you're 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 too dynamic for your social group like yeah. it's, you're going to move past that and you're going to be better um, Gillian Jacobs, not very cool in high school. Not at all. And now, now you're playing like playing a babe on TV. <laughs> on the TV. On the TV. I made it to the TV. <laughs> uh, I, yeah, I had you but know. That's a, that, that's a big deal. Like you weren't super popular. It's not like you, the the most popular cheerleader in high school is then yeah. playing an ingenue. And yeah, playing. it's not. That's not the way things work. No, no. No, <laughs> and I and I wasn't even like uh, I didn't even do well at Juilliard. I was like on probation there. They almost kicked me out. I was not considered. Right. Yeah, that was not considered like a particularly good actor. They were always casting me as uh, either mute characters or elderly characters. <laughs> a lot of played a lot of eighty something year olds, um, wow. and <clears throat> so I think if you had asked the people in my class at the time. Uh, if I would be a you know a working actor, they probably would have been like um, no. So yeah, I mean it's like the uh, so many of those things are temporary. And it's like, like no one is right about who you are and what you're going to do, including yourself. Yeah, that's so true. And I had so I mean I had so many friends in high school that were anorexic, self mutilators, mm-hmm. really like clinically depressed and. It's really hard as a friend, too, to watch people go through that because you can't make it better for people. You can't fix things for people. But yeah. if, you know, to try to be a supportive, understanding, caring friend um, is so important because I also feel like when you hit puberty as a girl, I just remember crying for absolutely no reason. Mm-hmm. There was no reason why I was sobbing and I couldn't control it. And yeah. there was nothing that anybody could do to console me. And it was just purely like the hormones in my body raging. The hormones in teenagers' bodies are crazy. They're crazy because your body is suddenly like kicking into gear to like reproduce and yeah. it's you are crazy if you're at a certain if your hormones are at a certain pitch and you're looking at somebody and they're talking to you like you you see you don't see what's actually there yeah so you're crazy as a teenager and it's going to be shitty it's going oh, to feel yes. awful and if you're um, maladjusted and it's it's, it's sensitive it's, yeah that's why people are saying it gets better because the message isn't like make it better now just like turn the switch because everyone knows like it is it's the fucking worst yeah being a teenager is awful it is awful it is awful yeah but i think the the thing to know is that even then though like if you can find qualified people to talk to you can start to understand what it is that's happening inside your own head and uh and i i you know i wish i had started therapy earlier because 
Um, I think I felt, uh, I felt, how can I put this? Who knew this would be so serious? Uh, from <laughs> talking about Johnny Rocket throwing my phone to uh, therapy. But um, um, to forgive yourself for a lot of things, because I feel like that's something that, you know, was hard for me to do. To that I had this expectation. I thought everyone expected me to be perfect. And that if I was anything short of perfect, then everyone in the world was mad at me that mm-hmm. everyone was livid and to realize that the only person who expected me to be perfect was me yeah and that I still struggle with that uh with feeling like everyone's upset with me all of the time but to start to recognize that that's the thought pattern that's going on and the more I can recognize it the more maybe I can let go of it quicker um Because I think I just spent a lot of time just assuming that everyone hated me and everyone was mad at me all of the time because I wasn't perfect. Yeah. Well, then, so I mean, so great that you're able to talk to somebody. I think that's a really that's a really uh, constructive message that every I mean, everyone should talk to somebody. If you if you don't have the resources for therapy, like find like an older find an adult that you trust or a teacher. Yeah. It's all they know more than you. True. And, you know, I had acting teachers and people, you know, that was sometimes were easier for me to talk to than my mom because it wasn't my parent. But they Mm -hmm. were still they were like the same age. And it was like a sort of mentor person that I could confide in and talk about these issues with. And it because like, you know, you don't you don't want to tell your parents things. Yeah. So it's like that, I think, was really helpful to me to have those figures in my life where I felt like I could talk about that stuff when it's harder for parents to be objective and to like really see the problem and like because they they see that as you're talking they also see like the toddler that's like have unwrapping a Christmas present <laughs> as she's saying like I want to die because because uh Danny I heard that Danny called me fat I thought you were gonna say person? Danny Aiello Danny Aiello who's Danny Aiello yeah, agent character actor yeah <laughs> <laughs> like the way that you said, Asian character actor. Uh, <laughs> like you were saying, sun chips. Yeah, sun chips. You know that category. Uh, rib turtlenecks and uh, Asian rib character turtlenecks. actors. Gosh, why was that a? Why was that a? Why was that a thing? I don't know. I used to wear rib turtlenecks underneath sweatsuits. My mom would also buy me full sweatsuits that I would wear to school with uh. maybe a coordinating color rib turtleneck underneath so that also you were immediately a housewife (laughs) and I really had a thing for clogs before they had like their hipster (laughs) resurgence I was like earnestly wearing clogs in the third grade I remember my teachers banned me from wearing clogs to school though because they said they made too much noise when I walked down the hall loud or maybe like that you your noise was interfering with a teacher's shoe noise we're the only it. ones who can make a clickety clack. <laughs> yeah, here. we. Uh, you're intimidating the students, uh, and you're and you're a student. So, um, let's read one more of these. Hopefully, it's all right. Uh, uh, let's see. All right, my date with Roy. This is from mydiary.com. Mm-hmm. Check it out. <laughs> okay. Plugging it for some reason. Uh, <laughs> oh, I thought that was the beginning of the entry. Check it out. Check it out. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Could easily be. Uh, entry starting and now. Uh, we went on some hill. Perhaps my favorite sentence of all time. <laughs> uh, we went on some hill. We went on some hill. It's a pretty nasty one, but I love the idea because I really need to get some muscle because of my health. All right. 
the way up was okay, and on the top, we both ate a snack. He paid for both of us anyways. Always. As always. Then we were laying on two benches, and he suddenly made a huge panic. He forgot the car we used had to be back by 2 p.m., so he was, like, totally nervous, and he was silent all the way down, and we almost ran, and I almost fell at least 10 times because the floor was slippery. At the end, I actually fell. Nothing serious happened. He then stopped, but he already made me angry by then. I was silent in the car, and he also said nothing. We delivered the car to his mom, and I wasn't overly polite with hellos because I do that just for him, and I was really angry. So I stuck in sports clo- I was stuck in sports clothes. I fell, and I also had my day ruined because of him. We were in the city, so I could do nothing really. We went to some place, drank some Coke, and ate tuna salad. I asked him why he was silent, and he said it was because I was angry. Aren't you supposed to apologize or something when you make someone angry? So we went to his place next so he could take me home. He caught up on Damon's little crush on me, and we talked, and he also told me I could do anything I want with Ulyssa as long as we had sex less than five times. What? Uh, It's almost over. I suppose we'll discuss this after. All right. (laughs) I will repeat that sentence uh, because it's like hieroglyphics. I... He caught up on Damon's little crush on me when we talked, and he also told me I could do anything I want with Ulyssa as long as we had sex less than five times. So I'm pretty safe for now. Not really sure about Roy. He is yummy, but damn, he screws up a lot, and he is so different than me, and he is really boring. (laughs) So he's hot but boring, right, is what we... Yeah, he's really yummy. Okay, they have have some kind of open relationship going, right? Yeah, but there's this five-time limit. Yeah. So maybe she's bisexual. She's at Ulyssa. Yeah, interesting name. Spelled, yeah, like a female Ulysses is how it's spelled, Uh, which is kind of cool. Uh, Ulyssa. Okay. I, could do any, I could do anything with you, Lissa, as long as we have sex less than five times. Okay, That's so why did you just say four or under? Yeah, you can have sex with her five times, or four times, yeah. Um, less than five times. Okay, and, well... And Damon has a crush on her. Yeah. Hmm. She needs to tell him about everyone that has crushes on her. Yeah, and what, like, why was she mad? She was mad because he had to return his, his car. car he, didn't, he didn't time this out well. They yeah. got to the top of the hill, and then he realized that they had to be back at his mom's place pretty quickly. I also yeah. like that she says that she only says hellos for him. Like, she's not... I'm not a polite person. Yeah, 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 For this yeah. guy, I'll, I'll do the hellos. But, yeah, but on my own, I don't say hello and goodbye to people. <laughs> she makes she makes no bones about it. No. See, like, that's kind of the, the, the awesome thing about these anonymous diary entries is because, like, they're... Uh, you can be people totally are just, like, honest. Whatever, yeah. I also, they also, they're also public. Like, so strange. So she was stuck in the city, which meant there was nothing to do when you think it'd be the opposite? Yeah, but I think she's a teenager. I'm guessing that, like, we drank some Coke and ate some tuna salad. Yeah. It's like when you're when you're underage and you're, like, in a city, it's, like, office buildings and yeah, the, the subway and... Yeah, I don't know. We, we, but, yeah, that also, like, what do you mean you're in the city you could do anything? As opposed to the suburbs where you could rob people's houses? What do you mean? <laughs> what, what are your activities? Robo-tripping. You, you could go buy some Robitussin, the pharmacy, yeah, and you could, it Yeah, you can Lysol trip. <laughs> what, what did Lysoling? Lysoling. Lysoling. <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> oh, man. Can't sit on your face in the suburbs. Can't do that in the city. <laughs> what? <laughs> Come again? You said you could sit on your face? No, you could get soot on your face. You oh. <laughs> said you could sit on your face. And I was like, Jesus. Yeah. Oh, my God, yeah. <laughs> don't want to censor you. However, I don't know how you got there. You can sit on someone's face in the <laughs> <laughs> you what you do on Saturdays or you, yeah, you I, just sit on people's faces that's my business <laughs> just know that it involves face sitting where every mo every time that you're like ah, a little awkward like you're just thinking like well I take down my pants I sit on people's faces and like sometimes they're jarred by it you know and the guy that doesn't complain about it or that's uh, the winner yeah Oh, man. How about, could you read uh, this diary, this entry entitled, uh, Nothing Interesting? Yep. <laughs> it sounds safe. <laughs> Nothing interesting. Not many interesting <laughs> things have happened to me Solid. nowadays. <laughs> I'm at home with my parents and Matt. My parents want to do summer cleaning or IDK. I don't know. I think that's right. Uh, but... Mm-hmm. Yes, Dad. Yes. IDK stands for I don't know. What they came up with, uh, sometimes I have to Google internet abbreviations, guys. I'm not afraid to admit it. Uh, But what they came up with, a new stupid idea for rearranging one of the rooms every morning. Yesterday, Mom decided to clean the room in which we used to keep mainly mostly unnecessary things. But I had an idea and decided to sell some of them on the internet. I could earn some money this way. Smiley face. Nothing and, interesting. <laughs> and now my parents have rearranged the kitchen. I almost finished <laughs> I almost finished my astrology teacher's present today, but I still needed to buy a few things to make it. Yesterday I went to two stationaries, but both of them were closed. So today I went to a third one. I arrived there at 10.30 in the morning, but it turned out that it would only open at 11. This sounds like my life. <laughs> I tried to go to that restaurant, but it's closed on Mondays. And then I went to that other restaurant and it's also closed on Monday. So I had to go to that place I always go to. So I had to wait a lot. But it was a cool place. I'm going to shop there next time too. Smiley face. Yesterday I went to church to pay the price of the religion camp. I met the pastor who was very kind. He told me that we'd meet at the camp too. Matt is very annoying and boring. Not smiley face. Frowny face. So she's into astrology and church camp. And selling things on the internet. I wonder who this Matt person is. Is that not her brother, right? Because she probably, but yeah. he's with her parents. Stepbrother? Stepbrother. Weird friend of family who's hanging. Hmm. What are mm-hmm. boring means to a teenager? Boring is over, has been overused by teenagers for yeah. a That does years, sound boring, though. That does sound very boring. Rooms. Yeah. Yeah, when I would, in the summertime, I would wake up and my mom would have typed and printed out a list of things that I was supposed to do that day. That would be next to my bed every day of the summer. Really? Yes. Typed? Typed. Typed. Man, what kind of things are on that list? Like, fold rags, do ironing, uh, I can't remember, really boring stuff that I did not want to do, and if I didn't I'd do it that day, then it would just be on the list the next day, so oh, I man. relate. Do you have Boring. any siblings? Mm-mm. Oh, Solo so you got the whole styles, full, okay. full brunt of the chores on me. Mm-hmm. You seem so well adjusted for an only child. Thank you. Uh, uh, I don't know. I how. guess this podcast hates all only children. Uh, sorry. We're used to it. We're used to it. We, we expect Everyone's that. Everyone's jealous. It's a jealousy thing. Uh, uh, yeah. I mean, I wish I had a sibling now, but at the time, I was happy to be an only child. Nice. Just, well, that, that's fine. Yeah, the, but the no. world are your siblings. <laughs> Is that what I. That's what. That's As that saying goes. As that saying goes. 
the world, world are your siblings. But uh, in the same line of, gotta fulfill a fantasy today, I found a, <laughs> a diary entry from when I was little talking about a play that I was in, and the end of my diary entry was, as they say, there's no business like show business. <laughs> As the saying goes, no uh, business like showbiz. Diary, you know. Uh, <laughs> hey, diary. Yeah, I had a I had occasional diaries, and and I always am like, hey, it's me again. <laughs> like, why do you why, why do we talk to our diaries like that? I would sign first and last name too for my diary in case the diary got confused. Yeah. Wait, which Gillian? <laughs> so many of them. Ugh, the oh, worst. Right. Did you uh, when you um, did you talk to your mom because you're an only child and your mom was was obviously like obsessed with all things Gillian? Was she yes. uh, like when you when you were like going through like like sexual changes and like period and like all that yeah. stuff? Was your mom like super hands on? Lot of books, lot of, lot of our body, our bodies, ourselves, the Boston Women Clinic health guide I just remember by your, by your on, next to that note next or to the like, note this is pre-note even I remember just like a stack of like every book they had in the children's library about you know puberty development all that kind of stuff I, I read a lot of books on the topic oh boy it's so confusing though because it's like uh, I was totally flat chested until like my senior year of high school and so I was just convinced that I was never gonna have boobs ever and then they grew one day so but like you know freshman year of high school got the big old glasses and flat chest and I was like sweaters sweaters not even five feet tall things were not looking good for me in the boy <laughs> department <laughs> uh, but yeah I did mean, she talk to you about those things or was it like a passive uh, you know like, she, she would talk to me about it it was not like that um silent you know, uh, I had no idea what was going on, and I couldn't talk to her about it. But it's also like you don't really want to talk to them about it at a yeah. certain point, too, right? It feels like, yeah, yeah, how yeah. could they possibly understand? Because they've never gone through it, right? They right, were never, yeah, they yeah. were never teenagers yeah, themselves. They're just born parents in the parent pods down at the fa- parent factory. And parent pods, yeah. They they were never a teenager, so I probably didn't want to talk to her about it. But um, it's like. Oh, so weird when your body just becomes alien to you. Yeah. Did she make a really big deal out of, like, you having your period and, like, becoming a woman and, like, that business? Or um, I don't remember her making a big deal out of it. I just remember, I just remember, like, wanting to get it. And then as soon as I got it going, wait, I have to get this every month for like the next however many years. Yeah. Like, you know, like it's such a rite of passage that you're excited. You want to get your period because every, you know, your friends have it. And I felt like I was like the last one to get it. And then as soon as you get it, you realize how much it sucks. Yeah. And no matter how many times you've read, are you there? God, it's me, Margaret. You don't realize like, <laughs> how much it sucks until you get it and then you're like I never want this ever again um but I don't remember her making a super big deal out of it um I'm trying to remember I'm trying to remember that did you did you feel like it was a super big deal yeah my my mom uh as I said my mom was like really girly and like into all things lady and like I was when I got my period I was really Embarrassed, and I didn't want to talk to my mom yeah. about it. I didn't want to talk to anybody about it. But like my mom 
discovered that I had my uh, period. Use your imagination. I don't want to be disgusting. <laughs> but like uh, she figured out that I had my period, and I came home from school, and my neighbors were over. Like all the female neighbors were sitting around my table, and there were flowers and like balloons, <gasps> and there was a cake. You had a period party? Yeah, my mom threw me a period party, and I and like looking back, I was like, oh, well, like that's. I mean, I suppose that's like a nice gesture. However. Yeah. I was hiding it. It was it was the worst thing that had ever happened to me. So I walked in and my mom's like, You're a woman. And I'm like, God, I hate you. And just like ran into my room and just like wouldn't come out. I was so horrified. And like all these neighbor women are sitting there having my period cake. And and Was it red velvet? No, I hilarious. (laughs) Uh, I'm sure it wasn't though. Um, now I'll store that away for my for my daughter. I'll just like I won't. Because <laughs> like, I, I, I worry. My mom told me, like my mom and I had a few frank discussions about like how boyish I was and how girly she was, and she like following that, we had to have a long talk about that period party because yeah. I was really upset about it. Yeah, and she was really upset too because she put all this effort into like getting me balloons, inviting people yeah. over. So she told me that her mom. Like, her mom was, like, me, and I was very, like, boyish. And, like, when my mom got her period, she wanted, like, a parade. and she really? wanted, Yeah, she wanted, a, like, a tiara for becoming a woman. And so she was, like, she was doing for me what she yeah. wanted. So then I worry, like, if I have a daughter, like, am I going to, like, she's probably going to be, like, a fucking, like, princess. Yeah. And, I, and I'm going to be, like... Hey, sorry, I don't. Mommy doesn't brush her hair. Yeah, like I don't. God, so. it's. I think like you know, I'm obviously not a parent, but I, I, I think that that's like such a. I'm just observing, you know, through babysitting and knowing other people have kids of like just figuring out who your kid is and encouraging it rather than trying to impose whatever yeah. you trying to right the wrongs done to you or who you think they should be. I think that's such a parenting challenge. And yeah, totally. My, my mom's mom was a total weirdo. Um, <laughs> and so I'm sure a lot of things that my mom did with me were complete reaction against how my grandmother handled things. But right. it's, it's hard to just see your kids for who they are and not just projections of what you wished you had had or things you're trying to avoid. It's it's such a hard thing. Do you want to have kids? I this year? This this moment <laughs> where I'd like to have children. Um I don't know. It's always felt like uh uh I I look at other actresses who have kids and it seems like it's such a delicate balancing act between mm-hmm. and then just the good old female dilemma of work versus children and I hope that I would do it well but I get nervous about being bad at it and yeah uh, so I, I I'm not the person who grew up dreaming of you know when I have my baby but um, I I I think it's probably, you know, the most profound thing you could do. So, uh, I don't know. That's all to say. Perhaps your greatest role yet. Yeah, my (laughs) my greatest role yet. Uh, I hate it. (laughs) God, that was me just like uh, spinning in a circle, (laughs) trying not to say anything, (laughs) use words without communicating. Um, My biggest fans are my sons. Uh, that's me just pouring water on myself with sh- for shame, for shame. I, uh, I, I don't know. I think it's like a confusing thing. How do you feel? 
<laughs> I, 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 th- I think that I, I, I think I feel similarly. I, w- I would really like to have a family someday, but I'm not chomping at the bit yeah. to have kids. Yeah, no, I, w- I want to have, I definitely want to have a family someday, but I'm not a... I'm not in, like, I, I feel like my biological clock is ticking for a golden retriever right now. Yeah. So I would like that. I also feel like um, if, uh, being in the, the business that we're in and living in either New York or L.A., the age at which we and our friends think is appropriate to have a child is so much older. So much older. Than yeah. the people I grew up with because I look on the Facebook and I see, you know, girls that I went to high school with who have two kids, people who I went to high school with that are on their second marriage. You know, yeah. like it, it yeah. just feels like it seems totally appropriate and like, they're of course they're ready for that and I'm like, but we're, not at all capable of that. Like, I can barely clean my room. And I'm like, no, you should be able to clean your room. (laughs) You should, like, dust, though. I'm, like, sit uh, floorboards. Um, Is your your boyfriend the same age as you? Yeah, he's my same age. And I just feel like I don't know anyone. I just had my first like close friend get married and she got married to get health insurance. So I also feel like not <laughs> what was my, that wedding like it, it, city hall. <laughs> <laughs> um, but up until that point, I, none of my friends were married. So uh. I also feel like, and my mom has never put pressure on me to get married or have kids. So I, I've never gotten that, you know, from her as well, which I think a lot yeah. of people experience from their parents is that like, when, when are you going to get around to that? So I feel like it is, sort of suspended state of animation where it's like nobody else is doing it it's not a thing and then it's like wait my friend got i know it's for health insurance but like i can no longer say none of my friends are married um is your boyfriend is your boyfriend also an actor is he no okay no is that cool yeah i have i have never dated an actor oh nice well i don't blame you pat on my own back on that one no um yeah, I've I've never. I think maybe college was the last time I dated an actor. Uh, do is why do you think that is? Don't do anything for me. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> maybe I, I just like you know. I don't know. You don't want to date your coworkers. It's like yeah. I don't know. I mean, there. I know a lot of great guys that are actors, but I just never really been been into dating actors. There you go. I don't have a profound reason for it. Just never happened. Yeah. So all those rumors about me and Ken Jeong are false. (laughs) That torrid affair never happened, no matter what you read on TMZ. Well, I mean, there was no love involved. No. It was was just physical. It was a purely sexual sexual. relationship. Yeah. (laughs) Ken and I can swap shoes. That's true. Oh, really? That was really the basis of our romance was uh, swapping (laughs) shoes. Swapping shoes. It was a foot fetish turned relationship. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, boy. Well, on that note, um, thank you so much for doing the podcast. Thank you for having me. Yeah, of I hope I I hope I uh, I provided you with enough uh, terrible anecdotes to fill a podcast. No, it was great. It was perfect. <laughs> Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Yeah. <laughs> that was Gillian Jacobs. Uh, she's wonderful. She's uh, she's one of the one of the coolest ladies I've ever met. For uh, updates on this podcast and on me and on uh, my eating habits. You can follow me at Erin McGathy on Twitter. 
Uh, if you have any um, any anything you want to send me, uh, I would love it. Any uh, fan art <laughs> or um, suggestions, uh, hate mail, uh, hate poems. Does that ever happen? Uh, you can email those to thisfeelsterrible at gmail.com. I check it obsessively and I do return all emails. And also, uh, stay cool, stay in school, and remember, keep listening. (laughs) Smiley face! Fairlaudio.com is an artist-friendly podcast collective. Hosted by castmates.fm. Host your own podcast at castmates.fm today. All of our artists reserve the rights to their materials. Your donations directly support our favorite artists, help pay for their show's production, and keep your favorite shows free. Music by The Fancy. We are the fancy.net. Visit fairlaudio.com for other original shows and learn about our community of artists that help make this collective possible. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Verizon brings you Pay It Forward Live, a weekly live stream featuring big names in entertainment to support small businesses. Tune in every Tuesday and Thursday on Ant Verizon's Twitter or Twitch, Yahoo, and Fios Channel 501 at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific.